Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you, my dear ones? It's so, so good to be with you. I wasn't able to be with you yesterday, and we ran an encore program, but I'm with you today and the rest of this week, God willing, um, and I I love being with you. I have a very serious um, uh, topic today, um, and it has to do with my failure. a, uh, oh, maybe a month ago, I don't remember exactly when, a few weeks, a couple of weeks, <clears throat> we had an email from a woman who um, was talking about her children. I- I'm guessing she had three. I don't recall. And it was an email, not a phone call. Um, I think people criticizing her in church because her children uh, misbehave and they're distractive, distracting and all of that. And the email said, you know, what am I supposed to do? They're just kids. You know, they're, they're children. And my answer was quite direct and uh, quite harsh and narrow. Um, I'm giving you my uh, summation of it now. Um, Because what I said to her is, it's not typical of children. It's typical of unformed children. And I talked about my own parish, how there are big families there with every number of children from 1 to 10, and they uh, pretty much behave in church, and you can tell that they're formed at home. And so I said, the problem is not that they're kids or typical kids. The problem is they need to be formed at home or they'll never um, behave in church. And I uh, shamefully, uh, uh, shame on me, described a situation in my own parish where that's the case. Um, And I, I actually pinpointed a family. I did not by name, but by description, um, uh, I, I'm, I'm so ashamed now that I did that. I'm heartbroken. I must have been quite focused on this subject, and sometimes uh, I can do that and then lose charity, which is uh, against the gospel and awful. It never occurred to me, I'm going to tell you the truth here, when I speak to you, I'm speaking to you, but out there. And every time I go to church here uh, in Tulsa, and some of the parishioners comment on Mother Miriam Live because so many of them listen to it that I had no idea. I'm always amazed because it's too close to home. I don't think about anybody locally listening to it. It never occurred to me that such a thing would uh, get back to my own parish, but where the people could identify this family that I was speaking about because they probably noticed what I did. And I, again, uh, described the number of children and, 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 and beyond that. I pray that the family itself has not been uh, told about this, because to hurt those parents and those children um, 
uh, I would just die inside and I would apologize to them. I don't know if they know it. I pray they don't. I'm going to find out so I'll know whether to apologize to them. If they don't know it, I don't want to hurt them by telling this scene. But I know that other people in the parish uh, do did identify the family. And the only way I know it is that I got a call yesterday from a... Um, uh, from a most courageous individual in that parish, um, a dear, dear individual, I, I'm not going to identify that one in any way, who was loving enough and courageous enough and upright enough to tell me that I've caused a rumor and is it true? And I didn't even know what he was about to say. And when he described it, I said, well, yes, I did do that. It never occurred to me that nobody knows on the air what parish I attend. It never occurred to me it would be identified or get back there. But that's my own stupidity. And even if it didn't occur to me, uh, I'm wrong to pinpoint anybody as an example. Um, So I want to tell you two things. One... um, I bless God to be corrected by that dear brother to have told me this, who learned it from somebody else, who, and I, I am so grateful to be corrected, to be told this, that I could apologize, that I could say how wrong I was and how sorry I am, not because it was located and found out. It should never have happened in the first place. I should never have pinpointed an example in the first place. That is, no matter how fervent you may feel about something, number one, you do not know the circumstances of a particular family. You do not. I do not know the circumstances of that family. Um, I, I know that they try very hard. They're faithful. They're beautiful. Their children are beautiful. Um, and I don't know that. Uh, I also, uh, there was no charity in my heart in pointing them out. And I was absolutely wrong and of the wrong spirit. So for anyone in the parish who might hear this now, I apologize for um, giving such a bad example and um, for being so off track Uh, and offending anybody in the parish that would have uh, identified the people I was speaking about, or even the parish. Uh, It would hurt everybody there, because I haven't met a soul there who's not extraordinarily charitable, and I can't think of a soul in that parish who would have uh, broadcast what I did again without identifying the family or the parish, but it's, it's, I'm amazed that that people did that so quickly, and I'm again I'm I'm um, very grateful for being corrected, and I I absolutely apologize. I was taught a, a great lesson which I shouldn't have had to be taught, and so as a result of that, I looked up to see what Father John Harden, who I utterly respect, and you may know he's up for canonization, um, what Father Harden might have said on a matter like this. And he actually has a homily that's called Orthodoxy Without Charity is Not Christianity, because um, all I care about, excuse me, all I care about is orthodoxy, that is right teaching, what is true and honorable and right. Well, uh, 
to speak what is true and right uh, in an, a dishonorable way is not Christianity. So who cares what I say if there's no charity in it? That's what the Apostle Paul said in uh, 1 Corinthians 14. If I can move mountains, if I or 13 rather, if I have all uh, gifts and everything, but I do not have charity, I'm a loud gonging symbol of nothing. So... Uh, I apply that to myself in this circumstance and again apologize to all of you who I offended, who were hurt by it, and uh, you were right to be, uh, you had the right judgment if you were offended or hurt by it. I'm going to find out if I can, if the family understands and knows, because then I'm going to owe them a huge apology. And again, I say if not, I don't want to hurt them by explaining the situation. So. Um, I'm going to read this article by um, Father John Harden, and it was written, I mean, it's probably 20 years ago. I don't have a date on it now, but Father Harden has been um, dead for some years, which is why he's, his cause is up for canonization. Um, but uh, amazingly, the scripture is today's scripture, and he says... Um, and again, it's titled, Orthodoxy Without Charity is Not Christianity. Um, and so uh, I apply that to myself. Um, and the gospel portion of Matthew chapter 5 is this. Uh, Jesus said to his disciples, and we came from Mass this morning, Nova Sordo, uh, we're not able to get to a Latin Mass during the week because of the schedule, um, and this was the reading this morning. You have heard the commandment, you shall love your countrymen but hate your enemy. My command to you is love your enemies, pray for your persecutors. And this family, they're not my enemies or persecutors, so th that doesn't even apply. This will prove that you are sons of your heavenly father. For his son, S-U-N, rises on the bad and the good. He reigns on the just and the unjust. If you love those who love you, what merit is there in that? Do not tax collectors, do as much. And if you greet your brothers only, what is so praiseworthy about that? Do not pay pagans, do as much. In a word, you must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. End quote from Matthew chapter 5. And then the homily title is The Essence of Christianity is Loving the Unlovable. And Father Harden writes this. What we have just read in Matthew 5 is part of Christ's Sermon on the Mount. <clears throat> Through three chapters, the 5th, 6th, and 7th chapters of Matthew's Gospel, our Lord compares the Old Testament morality with the New. He goes to the commandments, quote, You have heard it was said, but I tell you. You have heard it was said, but I tell you. And I could say one of those things is... You've heard I said, you shall not kill, but I say to you, Jesus said in Matthew 5, if you even call your brother Raka, fool, you have committed murder in your heart. So um, there's the music for our first break. Beloved, I will take your calls and texts and emails after the second break, but I'm going to finish reading what Father Harden says. Um, uh, as soon as we come back for this break, uh, our toll-free number to call in if you want to get a head start is one 511 5483 or email at mother at We'll be right back.
LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. This is Wayne Hepler, founder of the St. Thomas More House of Prayer. If you are looking for a way to grow closer to our Lord, I invite you to visit our Catholic retreat center dedicated to praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours. The rustic setting provides a quiet atmosphere for prayer and for learning about the public communal prayer of the Catholic Church known as the Liturgy of the Hours. The seven canonical hours are prayed throughout the day, beginning with the Office of Readings at 5.30 a.m. and ending with night prayer at 8 p.m. You are welcome to join in the prayer at any time or to book the house for a retreat. We are located at 365 Hill City Road in Cranberry, Pennsylvania. For more information or to book a visit, email info at liturgyofthehours.org or call the retreat house at 814-676-1910. You can also learn more by visiting liturgyofthehours.org. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, we are going to continue reading an article by Father John Harden uh, until the next break, and after which we'll take your calls and emails. And the title of the article is Orthodoxy Without Charity is Not Christianity. And for those of you who may not have tuned in right at the beginning of the program, I'm reading this. Um, to show my fault, my fault, my most grievous fault, a few weeks ago, in um, uh, trying to make a point of forming children at home in order for them to be uh, more well-behaved in church. It can't happen at church. It needs to happen at home. But, you know, it's possible that the family whose children misbehave in church might uh, be formed at home more than other people, and yet... that's the nature of those children. It's not always easy to control uh, young children um, with different personalities, different wills, and it doesn't mean a lack of formation at home necessarily. So I was very wrong for that, but I was tremendously wrong in pointing out an example. And the example I pointed out was a family in my own parish. I didn't name, I didn't name the parish, but I was descriptive enough that people in my parish knew 
who I was speaking of, and it didn't occur to me that anyone in my parish was even listening. I, I don't even think about it. I'm speaking to all of you out there. So it didn't even occur to me that anyone would know the family or the parish. Again, I didn't mention their name, but I didn't have to because my description pointed them out. And um, I mentioned at the beginning of the program that a very dear, faithful brother, uh, faithful of the wounds of a friend, called to tell me about it, that it had gotten into a rumor what I did, and he, he called to find out if it was true. I hadn't even thought about it, and I said, of course, yes, it's true, to my shame, and, and I, then I realized what happened and what I did. So um, no excuse for that. But I thought it was, uh, I apologize to everybody who I offended, not just to the family, which may or may, know, uh, may, or may not know about it. Um, I'll find that out. Um, but that's why I looked up Father John Harden's article, Orthodoxy Without Charity is Not Christianity. It doesn't matter whether I'm right or wrong. That has nothing to do with it. God looks on the heart, and he's interested in charity. We, sh- we must speak the truth. Speak the truth in love, but speaking the truth does not pass judgment on any family. It's, you cannot do that, and so or any individual. So I was wrong on several accounts, and I'm reading this, uh, that the essence of Christianity is loving the unlovable, and that doesn't pinpoint this family as unlovable at all. This is Father Hardin's article, and he says, We never give a thought or a second thought at least, to the fact that in all the languages of the world, including English, we speak of some people as being lovable and other people being unlovable. Obviously, lovable people are those we can love. Unlovable people are those who we cannot love. This, in one sense, is the heart of Christian morality. We are told to love unlovable people. And to say that again, we are told by Christ to love unlovable people. Who are unlovable people? Oh, that's easy. Those who don't love us. Those who are not kind to us, thoughtful of us. Who are unlovable people? Those who offend us. Those who speak unkindly to us and about us. Who, he says again, are the unlovable people? Father Hardin says, all those people who accept for God becoming man and dying on the cross and meriting for us the grace to do the humanly impossible, all those people we could not love. That's the unlovable. They are the unlovable people. But that, in one declarative sentence, is the essence of Christianity, loving the unlovable. We are living in the most convulsive age in human history. We are living in an age, our century, where there have been more, and this was the last century when Father Hardin gave this, where there have been more martyrs for Christ than all the 1900 years from Calvary put together. Yet, as deeply and as terrifyingly as our faith is being challenged, let's make sure we know what Christianity really is. Of course, we must believe, we must be Orthodox believers. We must believe that Christ is the living God who became man. We must believe that his mother is the mother of God. We must believe that Jesus Christ is on earth in the Holy Eucharist. We must believe now the Bishop of Rome is the Vicar of Christ. We call that orthodoxy. But I want to be very plain, Father Hardin says, orthodoxy is not enough 
One of my favorite phrases, Father says, is orthodoxy without charity is not Christianity. In other words, we must have, dear God, a strong, dare I say it, heroic faith in our day when bishops are openly declaring, I am the vicar of Christ, we'd better have a strong faith. But faith, otherwise known as orthodoxy, is not enough. It must be faith joined with selfless charity. And that, my friends, is what will convert, and I hope you agree with me, Father says, is what will convert a paganized America. He continues, once a Christian nation, millions have lost their faith in Jesus Christ. But if we are going to retrieve these lost Christians, some, sadly, members of our own family, people who are nearest and dearest to us, we must not only believe strongly, we must love selflessly. um, selflessly, And of the very ones who don't love us. It is then faith combined with Christ-like charity that will convert. And how our country needs reconversion, beginning with the two capitals of paganism in America. You may be surprised. They are, well, when he wrote this, Chicago and Detroit. And Father was from Detroit, I believe. Lord Jesus, he says, make us channels of your grace to others. Deepen our faith in you, This is Father Hardin's prayer. Lord Jesus, make us channels of your grace to others. Deepen our faith in you as our God, our trust in you as a source of all the strength we need in today's unbelieving world. But above all, dear Jesus, give us something of your selfless love so that like you, we too may be willing to lay down our lives for those who do not love us. Because in loving them, we will be communicating grace from you through us to them. Because, dear Jesus, only faith and love can convert a sinful world. Jesus, we love you. Out of love for you, we want to love those who do not love us. Because in loving them, we are showing how deeply we love you, who died on Calvary out of love for us. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And that ends Father's um, the transcription of his homily. Um, the uh, family that I have offended, whether they know it or not, but I've offended many who know who they are in our parish because total lack of charity, uh, especially for my identifying them by too much description. Um, I, I pray those who are listening still from the parish have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, that would be that would be good that I've offended less people than I can imagine. Um, uh, and it's not that they're unlovable. They did nothing to offend me. They were a distraction. Um, and, but there's many distractions. And uh, I think they were more pained by it than I was. And so um, uh, I had an opportunity to love, and I failed. And so um, in that, I'm not Christian. In that, uh I didn't at least act like a Christian. Um, I, I don't know that I should even combine this topic, beloved, but 
it's one thing to speak the truth. It's another thing to speak the truth in love. Just as um, uh, so many people can say, it's not what you say, or it's not what he said or she said, it's the way he said it or the way she said it. That's what offended me. I agree with what he said, it's just the way he said it. And um, uh, there's a difference, though, if, if it, in those things. We might be offended by the way so- someone says something. I'm not referring to me now. I'm, I'm going to go on now to a huge topic in our country where so many Catholics have been offended, uh, including priests and bishops, by Father Altman's 10-minute homily that you cannot be a Democrat, a Catholic, and, and vote Democrat. Um, because you're voting for death and... Uh, Catholic faith says thou shalt not kill. And there's no other topic that compares with murder. And so direct murder. Um, So it may be that uh, some people have not cared for Father Altman's personality or the way he says it. I'm not offended by it personally. I don't think he's offending anybody. I think he's speaking straight truth. Uh, But other people can't take it that way, so they're offended by his presentation. But I think it, it's very important for us to to separate uh, truth from personality. In, in what I did a few weeks ago, um, uh, uh, there was no grace on any side. Not what I spoke, and not the way I spoke it, and not that I spoke it, period. It was all wrong. Um, in Father Altman's case, um, you might not favor his personality, but there is not one word he spoke that is not true. Not w- and, and thanks be to God, beloved, several priests have come out agreeing with Father Altman. You cannot be Catholic and vote Democrat. You can fight that, but you're, you're voting for the murder of millions of babies. And you say, well, I'm voting for many other topics also. Well, you might be, but nothing comes close to murder. Nothing. People who are starving, people at the border, putting cages, all of that, uh, climate change, everything people bring up uh, may be factors, but they're not the direct murder of a child, dismembering that baby and sucking it out of the mother's womb. There's no comparison at all. And so... Uh, you could say, all right, I'm a Catholic, but I see nothing wrong with murder. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote for the party of death that is the party that has no respect for life um, and, and has murder from conception until birth. Um, you have the freedom to do that and call yourself a Catholic. But the fact is that if you call yourself a Catholic and you vote that way, you will be a Catholic in mortal sin. You will separate yourself from God, beloved. Um, Father Altman said that. I absolutely agree. And recently, many of you may know, Bishop Strickland of Tyler came out supporting Father Altman, and so have other uh, bishops supported him in his statement. And he kind of led the way, but others are supporting him. So I bless God for that, beloved. We need to know truth. 
Otherwise, we can be, we'll never be a witness to the gospel in the world. We'll be right back. We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustain Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations, thank you for helping to save the culture. 30 Seconds on the Gifts of the Holy Spirit, brought to you by the Station of the Cross. The gift of piety is explained in the Catechism of the Catholic Church as the gift which leads one to devotion to God. In St. Paul's letter to the Romans, he writes, The spirit you received is not the spirit of slaves, it is the spirit of sons, and it makes us cry out, Abba, Father. The gift of piety stirs up in us the desire to love, respect, and honor our Lord. Ever wonder if prayer is really effective? St. Paul tells us in Romans 12, 12 to rejoice in hope, endure in affliction, persevere in prayer. Our community needs your prayers to end abortion. Email standandpray at coalitionforlife.com to find out how you can help. Human life is sacred. Think about it. coalitionforlife.com Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, dear ones, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our full half hour together, and you're free to call in. I love hearing from you with anything at all on your heart. As you know, it does not need to be uh, any topic that we're speaking about. The The heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. And our toll-free number is one 511 5483 or email at mother at com. We have Javier from New York on the line. Hi, Javier. Hi, Mother. How are you? Thank you so uh, much for hearing me. Oh, I'm glad you called in, dear one. Go ahead. Yes, um, I'm in a very um, tough situation. Um, I got married at the church. My wife had to sign the papers that our kids were going to be baptized. We have five. Thank, thank, thank God. Which means, which means you're Catholic and your wife is not. Yes, yes. I'm a. I I'm a traditional Catholic. My mm-hmm. wife is not. She's a pagan. She's a Hindu. Um, okay, and she's not been baptized. No, she hasn't been baptized. Okay, um, go ahead. And you have five children. Three, five children. The last mm-hmm. three, um, I had to baptize them myself because the priest wouldn't baptize them without the consent of my wife. 
mm-hmm. um, when she's a Hindu. So I thought I was doing the right thing. But anyways, the reason I'm calling also, um, I want you guys to pray for her. It hurts me dearly. Um, the state of her soul. Mm-hmm. I have changed a lot. I'm a Iraq war veteran. After my second tour in Iraq, I came back. I wasn't the same. I uh, mm-hmm. I was a very bad husband. I used to even drink or rent money. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always held on to the three Hail Marys and the scapular because I really love Mama. She is. She has done so many miracles for me in my life. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm raising my kids Catholic in the traditional uh, Latin Mass. And um, all of a sudden, my wife, she just... Um, it's she gets manipulated a lot by by um not the spirit of god mm-hmm. and it's a struggle three three of her nephews praise god three of her nephews are converting to catholicism um, does your wife practice her hinduism no she she doesn't i can't even she's always angry she's always upset there's always a fight um do you know why i, know I have um from the past yeah, from the past, it's always mm-hmm. my fault, which I thank God also because I do want to pay for all my sins. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in purgatory that long. <laughs> How old are your children? I have a uh, fourteen, uh, ten, five, six, and three. Okay, what is the question on your heart? My question is: um, every time I try to talk to her about our Lord. She gets irritated. It's like it's like a nest of ants that you just bothered. Yeah. Um, right. I don't know what to do. I want. I told her. I told her. I was like, babe, if you don't, you're really not going to have peace till you come to Christ. Yeah, but um, you're not going to bring her to Christ that way, Javier. You're, you're just yeah, going to turn her off. I, I don't. I don't know if she appreciates being called babe or not. I would not personally uh, appreciate being called babe if she's used to it and it's not a put-down, then you have to feel that out. It's not a very endearing term. But in any case, Javier, what what I'm going to suggest you do is never talk to her about God at all. Okay. Not at all. Don't mention God. Don't mention Jesus. Don't mention your faith. Live it. Live it. Yes. Your entire, don't tell her what to do or what not to do. From now on, lay down your life for your wife and your family and love her, get to know her, not what you want her to be, not what you think she is. Uh, Ask Our Lady, who has, you say, done many miracles for you, ask Our Lady to help you to know your wife, um, to be sensitive to her, um, and to truly lay down your life for her and be kind, uh, be present, be the best husband you could be, the best father you can be. And I think that sort of love and respect, she feels, I'm sure she feels that you see her as below you in, in, in a number of ways, that she's not adequate, that she's not up to it because she's not Catholic and other things. Um, you need to let her know that you love her and that you will not love her more if she becomes Catholic. 
and you will not love her less if she does not. If she knows that you love her unconditionally and would lay down your life for her, not because of your talk, but because of your actions, faithful, consistent actions, um, I think you'll, I think God will bring her uh, to the faith. Yes, I, I, it, it, I even, I have offered my life to our Lord for her because I care more about her salvation than anything else. But you're not showing that to so her. You're, you, but you, you won't show that to her if you dictate to her or deal forcefully with her. Uh, you need to just love her and, and stop talking about God and religion since you know it offends her. She's heard it already. Stop it and just be the best father, the best husband, the best man of God you can be. And through that, you will bring her to heaven. Yes, Mother. And, Does that um, make sense? Yes, yes. And I have one request. Um, if her, her three, three of her nephews, they're, uh, they're converted into Catholicism. Mm-hmm. And if you could pray for them, because um, okay. um, they, they want to be baptized and all that, and, which is awesome. It's amazing. And, and who um, are they? They're her nephews. So are they her sister or her brother's children? Her sister's children. And is her sister Catholic? No, she she's a Hindu. They're all Hindu. So how are these three yeah. children becoming Catholic? Um, every time we pray the rosary, we pray for the conversion of her family. And all of a sudden, they, um, one day I finish a novena to um, San, San Francis Xavier. And one of her nephews calls and that he wants to be baptized. And um, how old is and he? Then he is, I think he's 16 or 17. How did they learn the other, Catholic faith? Um, well, when I, I pray the rosary every night with my kids. Even but how did they know, learn of the Catholic faith? Do you know? Oh, oh, we, I gave them the, the catechism. Um, it's a traditional one. My Catholic and, faith, and I think it's did called. Your, did your wife's sister, did the children's parents know you were giving them the catechism? Oh, no, that was after afterwards. She was okay with them um, doing that. Like, they believe that any religion is a good religion. They, meaning, and your wife yeah. is okay with yeah. them doing that? Yes, they don't, oh, okay, they don't bother good. me for that, yes. Okay, well, that's very good. I just want to make sure that that's part of uh, what's done in a right way. Very good. Bless you. Yes, I told them. I told them to do that for for the love of God, not because what they hear from me, or because we pray the rosary. And I sometimes they ask things of the faith, and I I tell them good. the truth. I don't hide anything. No, this and is very good. It, this is very good. Um, but again, uh, your wife has heard you say a lot. And again, you do have a very difficult, wounded past, the beginning of your yes. marriage, that is not easy to overcome. The only way you'll overcome it is by her knowing that she's 100% accepted, that you love her unconditionally, and you're not going to mention your faith. You're only going to live it. Yes. Yes, Mother. Okay. I just want to make sure I'm not... I'll, that's what I'll do. I just... I mm-hmm. was. I was like, oh, Lord, I hope I'm not sinning by omission, not failing her or anything. But well, you have that told makes her. a lot more sense. You have told her, yeah. and she does know. And um, 
and she knows about uh, her nephew. So I would just say it's not that you've given up your faith, um, but stopped because she's going to think it's all about you and that God comes between the two of you. So that's why I say stop talking about it. You have talked about it and live it. Anyone who asks you questions, go ahead and answer. But outside of that, just be the best husband and father you can be. Spend a lot of time with her. Take her on dates. Spend time with your children. Be the best father you could be. And don't let anything come in the way of that. Yes. um, Are you home with them? That's what I'll do. Uh, Yes, they're at home right now. I'm I'm at work. I told my boss I got an important phone call. All right, but outside and of your work, do you go okay. any? Do you do anything ministry, anything outside of your work? No, I just um, from work to to home to church. Excellent. Um, and how are and the children that, being schooled? Um, I think we're gonna. They go to a public school. I wanted to bring them to Catholic school. Um, my wife, she doesn't want to spend the money, and the Catholic schools around here are not that great. And I know nothing about homeschooling. We Don't have the option that. now. You do have the option. We have the... Would you? Does your wife work? No, she she's a stay at home. All right. Mom. She takes care of our little. Would one. she object to homeschooling if the two of you did it? You can't do it while you're at work. She's the main one. But when you come home in the evening, you could sit down as a family. Would your wife object to that? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> yes All right. Well, no. d- do this. Um, uh, my last, our last newsletter, James, uh, Javier, rather, um, was all about homeschooling and okay. the objections people have. We don't know what to do. We don't want to ruin our children. We don't want them to not to be socialized. We're not smart enough. We're not educated. All those, all those things. It's all in that homeschooling newsletter as Hello? well as uh, resources. There are magnificent traditional. Hello, Can you hear me? Hello? Javier? Hello? Oh, my goodness. Uh, James, is there a problem here? Yes, I hear you now, Mother. You hear me now. Okay. Um, We have resources in that newsletter where, uh, like Our Our Lady of Victory homeschools traditional Catholic, and it sends you a box of everything, all the materials, the curriculum. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. It tells you how to do it. They have counselors who will speak with you and your wife online. Uh, It's fantastic, and they'll lead you through it. So, Um, Let me write uh, that down. I really want to do this because I don't like the public system. Well, I tell you what, um, if you want, uh, do you know how to email me? Go to our website, uh, www.motherofisraelshope.org. Mother of Israel's Hope. It's I-S-R-A-E-L-S. And then the word hope.org. Motherofisraelshope.org. And you can click on newsletters, and you could sign up for the newsletter and get it. Uh, it's not we we hardly even put out four a year, but the last one was totally on homeschooling, and it's right there on the website. So you can download it, print it out, or I'll mail you one if you want us to mail you uh, one or more. Um, uh, just email us, click under contact, email us, and we'll put it in the mail to you. There's no charge. Um, 
If oh, you yes, send I'm going to go online right now. All it's right, on. Javier. If you, uh, you're not dictating, you're going to slowly bring this up, carefully and gently with your wife. Um, yes. Yeah. And um, if you send your children to public school, you will destroy them. Oh, it's horrible. I don't like it. You, you, like you, it. you have no right to do that. God has given you your children to raise for the kingdom, and you're turning them over to evil. Uh, I don't think it's a choice at all. I think you must homeschool or find an alternative uh, that uh, is Catholic. So, um, all right. So, Javier, please do that and, and give us an email, and we'll help you in any way we can. Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll do that, Mother, right okay. after this. God Thank you bless so much. you, dear one. You're welcome. Uh, there's the music for our break, beloved. Uh, I would I would urge anybody like Javier and his wife, if you're not homeschooling, we want to help you in any way we can. So um, go to our website, uh, email us, and we'll do what we can. Okay, God bless you. We'll be right back after the break. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. 30 Seconds on the Gifts of the Holy Spirit, brought to you by the Station of the Cross. The gift of fear of the Lord is explained in the Catechism of the Catholic Church as the gift that ensures our awe and reverence before God. This type of fear is not of anxiety, but in understanding how much is due to Him for who He is and what He does for us. We read in the book of Deuteronomy, What does the Lord ask of you but to fear the Lord, to keep the commandments for your own well-being? Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We have 10 minutes left in this segment. And um, again, you're always welcome to call in as long as we have lines open. And we do, one 511 5483 or email at com. We have Diane on the line from Massachusetts. Hi, Diane. Good morning, Mother Miriam. Good morning, I love your dear. courage. I love yes. your courage and I love your humility and I thank you for that. Blessed be God, Diane, for everything he gives us. Go ahead, please. Mother, the reason I'm calling is that um, I was taking my walk. I had been ill, but now I'm, thank God, thank the grace of God, I'm able to take a walk daily. And my neighbor... Uh, started a conversation with me about the presidential race and he was bragging about a certain candidate who in fact wants to get rid of the Hyde Amendment and who is promoting abortion up until the moment of birth. A certain and Democratic said, candidate, right. Uh-huh. Correct, correct. And I said, I am saying to you that even the sight of that individual makes me nauseous and I cannot bear what's going on uh, amongst um, our Catholics. I just don't understand, honestly, how anybody could vote for him. And he escalated and escalated. I never said anything bad about him, Mother, but I just walked away. I said, this is not good for my health. But it has shaken me to the core, Mother, and I don't know whether I need to go and apologize to him. I don't know what to do. Well... Your your answer to him, sweetheart, is what started the emotion. You gave him an emotional answer, not a uh, uh, not a truthful answer about doctrine or why we shouldn't vote for someone who is in favor of killing babies. Uh, when you say the sight of him makes you sick, uh, number one, that's not a Christian response. It's not a Catholic response. God loves. Uh, he hates sin, but loves the sinner. And so if our response to someone is that he makes us sick, uh, they're not going to trust what else we say because we're just dealing from emotions. And so if it, if it escalated on his part and you said nothing after that, I would just let it go at this point. Uh, I don't think, I don't know that you have anything to apologize to him for, but you need to know that when you respond to someone that way, you're not teaching them truth. You're losing an opportunity to even influence them for good. See what I mean? So um, all you need to do is say, you know, um, I'm Catholic and I believe that uh, abortion is murder. Uh, Thou shalt not kill. And uh, uh, this is a candidate who supports abortion up to birth. Um, and, And there are many other things I don't agree with, but this is this is the the thing, um, and so I couldn't. You could say personally, I can't call myself a Catholic if I vote for someone who is against what the Catholic Church teaches and what God teaches in Scripture. See that way, you're keeping it on you, and you're you're giving out truth, and then you give them something to think about. But there's no emotion in it. Are you there, dear? Diane? What happened? James, is Diane's? Okay. All right. 
Um, our engineer says that uh, your call dropped, Diane, so I'm sorry about that. You're welcome to call back, sweetheart. Um, I don't know what happened there, but um, we'll go to Denise in Toronto. Are you there, Denise? Okay, you also hung up. Okay, sorry that people have to wait so long. Um, and I don't know what's happened with a couple of calls we had this morning, but... Um, um, we're going to go to an email from George. George says, hello, mother. Since my health has been fair, I've been convalescing at home with my two dogs. Before that, I've been blessed to attend daily mass, truly miss getting up early and attending. Generally, about 80 people show up, and before COVID-19, it was nice to stop and talk with them. And on Fridays, about 12 of us who would go to McDonald's for breakfast and conversation, uh, and in parentheses, George say, okay, maybe a little gossip. You know what? Um, there may be such a thing as a little mortal sin. Do you know that gossip is mortal sin? Gossip is mortal sin. It is grave sin. There's nothing little about it. It is comes in the line of slander and murder. Um, Apostle Paul writes that neither homosexuals nor murderers nor slanders nor gossips will enter the kingdom of heaven. Gossip kills. It's comparable to murder. It's very, very serious. So if you're doing that, you need to go to confession. And if you cannot be with that group and not gossip, uh, then you don't be with that group. And if they're going to gossip and you have to listen to it, you need to tell them why you can no longer go to McDonald's with them. Uh, George continues, I do attend 5 p.m. Mass on Saturday and slip out quickly after Mass so as not to risk my uh, COPD in old age, 76 years old, in contacting the virus. Everyone wears a mask, and for me to wear a mask makes breathing even more difficult. So what good has come out of this stay at home for me? And what George described is the fact that he's increased prayer, the rosary, the chaplet, streaming of masses, uh, different radio and television programs, and uh, Station of the Cross, Live Site News. Um, and he loves the Baltimore Catechism and all of that. So he's showing the benefit of now staying home. Um, but again, the, it, it'll never be equal to going to Mass Uh Streaming on TV is not going to Mass. It's a good thing to do if you cannot get to Mass, but it does not equal going to Mass. Uh, George continues uh, about his mother, uh, church organist. He was an altar boy. He learned Latin uh, at the age of four, uh, high school and seminary. And he walked away. From, I'm, I'm summing up a very long email. He walked away. Um, from uh, his faith in college, but never totally from practicing it. He married, had two children. Um, um, okay, and his wife is a Methodist. And he says his sons have fallen away. Um, and he gets into the story of his sons um, who are not Catholic anymore and have married non-Catholics. Um, now he's grandfather, um, but his grandchild is not going to be baptized because his son is no longer Catholic. Um, and, um, all right, let me see. Um, and he says he doesn't know how to talk to his son. Any advice? 
tough love isn't working. Well, I don't know that you need tough love at the, tough love at this point. You need to apologize to your son for um, perhaps not raising him as you might have in the Catholic faith, and speak to him about um, his current wife, his current marriage, his current faith. Um, and what baptism means. So talk to him, find out specifically the issues that he has, and uh, come to him not with what you believe or feel, but specifically with church teaching and, um, and how important it is for his child to be baptized. Um, and can't be baptized in a Jehovah's Witness church or Mormon because they do not believe in the Trinity and the baptism will not be valid. So it's very, very difficult um, when our children are not raised uh, and they leave the faith, or they are raised in the faith and yet they leave the faith. Very difficult when things go wrong to first start talking to them. You know, if he was, if he married a Jehovah's Witness um, and the parents are practicing Hindu, um, that would have been the time before the marriage to speak with him and not attend that marriage. So. There's too much history I don't know, but um, God is great and can over, can uh, enter any difficult situation. Don't give up praying. God bless you, and we'll speak with all of you tomorrow.